talking with someone last night about this, but think back to what your education in sex was like. For me, it was a mix of don't get pregnant and sex ruins your future. So like not a ton of information. But when you think of all the things that come with sex, like relationship, boundaries, consent, pleasure, and sure, if you choose babies, there's so much to learn. So much of this important information was left to a bunch of idiot kids talking about it at sleepovers or looking it up on AOL or IMing our friends about it. You can tell I was in middle school at the height of AIM, by the way. So when Ashley Martins started covering more content in sexual health, we were here for it. She's talked about dating online, getting ghosted, having a second first time, and female masturbation. By the way, I tried so hard not to cringe when I said pleasure or masturbation, and I think I nailed it. But joining me today is Kelly Matkovich, who is the head of our community, and Ashley Martins, a health and wellness writer who lends her pen to a sweat life, as well as women's health, Red Book, and Delish. We noticed recently that Ashley has been covering more saucy content on an editorial call recently, so we knew we needed to have her on to chat all about it. First of all, Ashley, as you know, we start every day at a sweat life with something good. So tell us what's good. Well, hey guys, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, also, it's so lovely to see you ladies. I haven't seen you since you randomly picked up, not randomly, but you picked up my Christmas tree. Somebody randomly. So, it was, um, so it's nice to see you guys without all the pine needles. <laughs> well, the pine needles are still in my car, in fairness. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. My car needs to be vacuumed. Very badly, and it needed to be vacuumed before the Christmas tree. It's going to smell great, though. It's going to be like one giant air freshener, I think. (laughs) I still have pine needles in my vacuum, and it's like the gift that keeps me giving post-Christmas. So, I'm all for it. Yeah. 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 I took Kelly and kidnapped her, and we went and got your Christmas tree because you needed help getting your Christmas tree to one of the Chicago parks for the annual Christmas tree drop-off, which gives Christmas trees a new life. Uh, so we were happy. To, I was happy to do it. I think Kelly was fully kidnapped. She was along for the ride. She was a good sport about it. So I loved it. I got to see you and we drove around the city. So it was great. Yeah. I still stand by that you guys have a holiday side hustle come, you know, end of December, <laughs> early January. So Kelly, yeah. you might have to come back for, for these pickups next year. Yeah. What would we call it? Something about like pine tree Uber. Douglas for Uber? No, that's not right. That's not right. Um, Ashley, <laughs> we'll get okay. Doug I can track. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, oh, you asked me. Okay, so, what's good? Um, yeah. what is good? Um, lots of things are good, but I would say my big thing right now is the rehab lab in Chicago. Um, I am working with husband and wife duo, Kristen and Michael Rescher, who are both chiropractors. Um kind of working through some residual pain from an injury from like back in fall. Um, So it's my first time working with a chiropractor and I'm loving it. So shout out to them. Anybody in the Chicagoland area, you know, needs a new chiro or just looking to work with somebody to work through some injuries from gym life, workouts, highly recommend the rehab lab. Okay. Okay. I like that about you. I like that about you. Um, Kelly, what's good? So I went on a group run um, this past weekend and it was lovely. We did a five mile trail run. And while we were running, we passed this other group. And as they came towards us, I was like, these individuals look 
professional. Like they just, they had this aura about them. So as soon as we passed them, the girl I was running with was like, do you know who we just passed? And I (laughs) had no idea. And she listed off like these three, like ultra marathon running, like all stars. Um, So of course I looked them up on Instagram afterwards and now I'm following them, but I don't really know as much about the ultra world, but it's just so cool. Like where we live in a valley where there's like these professional athletes that we just like pass on the road that are like rock stars in their own um, sport. So it's really cool. I love that. That's one of the benefits of living at elevation, Kelly, is you can have all those athletes up there who want to train harder and come down and kick all of our asses. (laughs) It's just like very inspiring. I was like, we just ran past these incredible athletes and that's so cool. Kelly, I have to ask quick. I know the other week um, you had a self-defense class that you took. I just need an update. How did that go? So I didn't get to go. It got it got canceled. It oh. got moved. So that's why oh. I'm bringing it up again. Okay. But I am gonna go because <laughs> thanks for asking. I am gonna go. I do okay. want to try it out. Fair. I'll keep yeah. you posted. Please. Do. But where you live, you need to defend against like mountain lion and like <laughs> yeah, spare deer. I still, I still well, don't know if us. you. Uh, um, my husband just showed me a photo of what mountain lions like. I don't know. I just thought they were a lot smaller. They're very large. And, and honestly, yeah. even if you had the right like techniques or knew all the survival skills, like the mountain lion's going to win, I think. <laughs> yeah, but, no, you just get really big and scream and don't run. Don't turn yeah. your back to it. Okay. Okay. Grab you, by the, grab you by the neck and break your neck, which is totally cool. Totally fine. I'll never this is also like a survival one on one pod or one in one podcast <laughs> if anybody wanted to know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, a couple of years, actually, no, I know exactly what it was. It was during a pandemic, like early pandemic. I bought the worst case survival handbook or whatever. I'm butchering that title, but I bought it. Um, And we, we hosted like a survival uh, trivia night. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't it on Instagram live? Yeah. Wasn't it with Eric? Was it with Eric from Della? Or was that something else? that was something Sorry. else. That was a different <laughs> trivia night. I think this, there's so many things that all runs together, but the survival trivia night, like I had to get really knowledgeable fast about, about, uh, how to survive in different nature situations. For example, I know how to survive in quicksand. Anyway. Um, do you want to know? I do actually. Put it since I brought it up. That's like an irrational fear that I think I have. Yeah. Well, you, you'll probably never encounter quicksand by the way, but First of all, quicksand occurs when there's sand, like at a dune, and then there's some kind of clay or um, other substance, like trapping moisture in the sand. So it gets like really wet, uh, really fast. So it creates this kind of like, like cakey paste, like get, like gack, <laughs> kind of. Do you remember like Nickelodeon gack? Yeah. Anyway. Um, I wonder how many uh, tangents I can go on, on this podcast. Anyway. So if you find yourself in quicksand, what you need to do is let yourself sink down to your knees and then flop backwards onto your back. So your back is flat. You need to like have as much surface area on the quicksand as possible. And then once you're on your back, you can pull your feet out and roll away. Oh my God. What? Yeah, that's how you get. That's how you get out of. That's quicksand. wild. But don't panic. Don't panic. So like while you're sinking to your knees, like your job is to just like, like breathe and think and prepare to roll away. <laughs> anxiety, like thinking about it. 
but I know what to do now. You'd be just, just fine. In- now you know what to do. <laughs> just in case. Okay. Um, my good yeah. thing. <laughs> so, okay. So my husband and I have a dog, Maverick. We love him very much. And for a long time, I've wanted to get him a puppy. Um, we got him Birdie. Birdie is a question mark. They told us she's German Shepherd Chihuahua. Um, and she's really small right now. Like she's less than 10 pounds. So I got this sweatshirt given the recommendation of Sarah Stanley, who is an ambassador. I think she sent it to me as a joke, but I bought it immediately. It's called the Rudy. Um, I, up until like 10 minutes ago was like, it's like a Roo, a Roo, but no, it's like a kangaroo, Rudy. Um, it has this expandable pouch on the front of it. I'll link to this in the show notes that you can put a small dog or like cat or rabbit or whatever. Um, it baby, I don't know, probably not baby. Don't put a baby in there, um, in the pouch. And she loves it. So like when she doesn't feel like walking, but big dog needs to walk, um, I'll just throw her in the kangaroo pouch. I'm not wearing it now, but she, you know, I need clarification. You said you bought this, where you, you got this dog for him, him meaning yeah, like, or your husband. For okay, Maverick. I needed to clarify. <laughs> but also for oh, Justin, because Justin can yeah. walk. Yeah. Justin gets to walk, Birdie. It's so delightful. Oh. Okay. Um, tangent central. But let's talk okay. about let's talk about sex, friends. Um, Ashley, what's your comfort level talking about sex? Okay, first of all, you kind of like led me into it when you said let's talk about sex. I have had <laughs> the song Let's Talk About Sex by Salt and Peppa in my head all morning, which it's really annoying because it's obnoxiously catchy, first of all. Um, yeah. But it was interesting because one of, like, the opening lines in the song before they kind of start singing is, I don't think we should talk about this. People might misunderstand what we're trying to say. And then the response is, I know, but that's part of life. So oh. I thought it was really fitting because I'm like, let's talk about sex because it is part of life. And to answer your question, I'm an open book. Um, It is no holds bar with me. There is no topic off limit. I have always been this way. Um, I think even like when I was a teenager, like even in high school, like when you're, you and your friends are starting to date, like your first boyfriends and hanging out on your own. Um, I was always the friend that was like, okay, wait, let's talk about it. Like, tell me all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was more just because and any topic that most people would like get bashful around or blush um, that isn't really talked about, I've always just normalized it because it is part of life. Um, and when we're younger and like, you know, when we're first getting like our monthly cycles, you're kind of tiptoeing around your friends like, who has it, who doesn't, like, I want to talk about it, but I don't know how to talk about it. Um, I've always just been very casual, easygoing, relaxed about anything sex related because it is part of life and it's a life experience. And so we should talk about it. And so to answer your question, where do you want to start? <laughs> let's very, start. very comfortable. Yeah, let's dive. The answer is- what about you guys? I need to know like your comfort level and where you guys are coming from. Oh, Kelly, you go. So I would say I'm medium. I, I, I'm, I'm totally open to talking about it. I don't know how I feel about it on a public platform, but I think that <laughs> with like friends growing up, yes, always been open to talk about it. Um, I was very lucky that I had, my mom was very open to talking to me about puberty and sex, like growing up. So I feel like that really helped me 
growing up to being open and talking about it. She gave me a book um, called What's Happening to My Body when I was going through puberty. And I referenced that book all the time. Like, so she, I am so grateful that she was so open about it because that just gave me like a safe space to talk about things that are happening to everyone when you're going through puberty and then your sex life and then, you know, and beyond. Um, so I, I'm, very, I'm pretty open um, talking about it. Just uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So for me, uh, my, my, like my, the talk was pretty non-existent. Um, I'm comfortable now talking about it, but I would say like as a kid, very much like repressed, the answer was don't do it. Uh, my parents at age 13 gave me a promise ring. Like we've all changed our tune since then. Um, but there was, there was not really like conversation around it. They will tell you that they had a conversation with me, but I have a very good memory. <laughs> and they did it. The conversation was don't do it or you'll die. Um, so yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But it was like almost girls where that scene, yeah, like, like basically don't have girls. you will die. <laughs> yeah. Your future is over if you have sex and I'm going to be a bummer for like just a second. I also was, and nobody has to say, like, I'm sorry you went through this. Cause it's, it's more like just part of my story. Um, so I was sexually assaulted at 16 and at that point I was a virgin. So like those two things are very intertwined for me. So I have had to figure out like the difference between like trying to reclaim my sexuality, which is like a big part of survivorship and also like my upbringing. So I went through like a, a really great phase in college where I would say I was deeply empowered <laughs> and, now, like, and now I've, I've had therapy. So I'm good. Uh, and nobody has to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I forbid you. Okay. So dating. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for yeah. being, you know, being open and vulnerable and sharing that. And so I, you know, I appreciate you bringing that to the table. Yeah, girl, it's here. And I know like listeners, uh, probably a, a good portion, what do we say, four in 10 or six in 10, depending on the stats, have also had some experience with that too. So that becomes part of how we how we think about it and how we process it. Um, and we should all go to therapy about sex in general <laughs> anyway. Um, but dating actually has been a part of what you're writing about. And we've heard everything from like mental health and dating on the apps, as well as being ghosted. What have you learned about yourself and other people, um, through all of this dating? Um, well, two part, let's like approach part one first and I'll ask the same question of you ladies and then maybe Mm -hmm. bring it back to what I've learned about others. But I think what I've learned the most about myself through dating, um, honestly, probably within the past year is a few things. So if, Listeners, you want to take notes, but maybe not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert, um, that's for sure. But I've definitely learned to listen to your intuition, that mm-hmm. that gut instinct. Um, we, we have it for a reason. It's our internal alarm system. It's our protection system, if you will. Um, and I feel like a good amount of women, not not all women, I, I fall into this camp, but I do feel like most women, um, we can make it an Olympic sport of ignoring our intuition for the sake of dating. Um, honestly, it's like 
we just see red flags and run towards them instead of away from them, even though like our gut is saying, no, this is not right. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing. And then the other two kind of go hand in hand. I've definitely learned that dating is, and I hate to make this comparison, but it is very similar to kind of like a job interview. And that makes it sound so sterile and like not fun. Um, But I just remember when I graduated from grad school and took more of the corporate route out of graduate school right away um, and was going on a bunch of interviews, my dad reminded me that, you know, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And I think that really rings true with dating. And I forget sometimes that, yes, I want to make sure that I'm a good fit for them, but um, also that they're a good fit for me and what's important to me. And I think that kind of like coincides with my third point is just that dating has actually kind of brought to the surface really what's important to me in my life. And I think we think we know what's important just going about our day and how we run our lives, whether it's, you know, getting up early and going to the gym, um, having some faith-based practice, things like that, family, friends, social activities. But when you're actually having more conversations with people and getting to know them and also having them get to know you kind of reminds you of what's most important to you in your life and what priorities are near and dear to you. So that's kind of been a great reminder to me of what's, what's important in my life. So those are probably like the top three. Um, But I'm curious. I know you both are happily married, um, but (laughs) was there anything that you guys learned when you were dating? And I have to ask too, because us three, like we're a little bit older that we existed. We existed. We were, we lived, (laughs) we lived um, during a time where dating apps weren't a thing. So I want to know kind of what you guys learned from dating, but also what did dating look like for you guys? Because there was a time Ooh. when apps, they weren't an option for me for a while. So I want to hear it all. Kelly, you you go first. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my, like, I dated someone all throughout high school and then dated someone else all throughout college. So I had like really long-term relationships. And then my 20s, I dated a lot. I like really enjoyed being single. Um, and had a really good time just like be going out and about when when I hit my like late 20s I was living with some roommates that both were in long-term relationships and I was definitely feeling that I don't know what it was at the time I just was like ready for someone in my life more of like a relationship or more of a long-term boyfriend I at the time so this I mean this is 10 years ago so dating apps (laughs) weren't really a thing but Match.com and I think like what's the other one? Um, there was like a couple, like eHarmony or something. Yeah, like eHarmony. That? There was a couple. They and it was very taboo at the time. Um, well, like yeah, oh, I yeah. Would say, people would be like, "We met online." Yeah, even still, I'm always like, "So I met my now husband on Match.com," and but I wasn't like I was just I was using that as just another tool. I was still meeting guys out. I was still getting matched with like friends and stuff, and so it was just another way that I met um, guys. Uh, and yeah, I met my now husband about 10, 11 years ago. I think we were, he's a couple years older than me. So I feel like we were both just in that right time of phase where we both were ready for uh, a relationship and we liked each other and it just kind of 
went from there. Have I been ghosted? Have I gone through all the crazy dating? Yes, for sure. Um, uh, but I've been um, really lucky to find someone that I'm, I'm decided to get married to and we're um, now living together in, in Colorado. But yeah, I, I think also to your point, Ashley, about talking about kind of like knowing what you want. I think there is a, there's something about like, I don't want to say self-love, but really knowing yourself, like being at peace with yourself. I think a big part of what happened was I moved out from, I had no more roommates. I moved on out on my own. And I think I was in a much better headspace. Like I wasn't like thinking about them, my friends and their relationships. I was just focused on myself and just going out and having a good time. And I don't want to say timing or whatever, but it's kind of, it seems like I was really focused on myself and where I was with my career and other parts of my life that made me more open to a good relationship. I think, I don't know. So yeah, that's the background. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, date, date, date. Yeah. Um, okay. Similar, similar to Kelly, I met my husband in 2010. Um, at the time of recording, it is 2023. So you do the math. Um, and, but before that, I I dated. So I was I was 24 when we met. I dated. I would say a lot, like post college in Chicago. Um, I had like one serious post college boyfriend, and then like dates in the city. One serious college boyfriend. One serious high school boyfriend. All of them were deeply flawed. I was trying to fix like all of them. And then and then to Kelly's point, like I no, they were human, they were young, we were all young. I should say that. Um, so we all were flawed and we're figuring ourselves out. But I think like right around the time I met my husband, I was getting really confident in myself. I was more like focused on me, what I needed and what I wanted for my life. And so it was a very good timing because he was very supportive, very also like looking for someone who was confident like me and I chose him and he chose me. Um, so also to your point, Ashley, like there's, there comes a point when you go from being like the pick me person, um, or hopefully there are people out there who've never been the pick me person, but I think like probably all of us have experienced that at some point to saying like, wait, do I pick you? Um, so that was like a lovely transition point that my husband was there for. Um, so that's my dating history. I never dated online uh, because of when we met. Yeah, because of when we met in 2010. So, like, um, I want to say not Hinge. What's the one, like, like the swipe right and left? Like <laughs> They're all swipe right and left. Pre- previous to Bumble. Tinder? Thank you. Tinder. That was um, so me, I think. Yeah. yeah. Tinder was OG from the same founder as Match, um, I think, right? Thank you, Sammy mm-hmm. Egan. Um, but there there was like a point where a couple of our friends, like we were dating and a couple of our friends met on Tinder. And I remember thinking like, this will never last. And they got married. They're still married. Um, and in my head, I was like, this is so weird. This is our first, like our first friends who met online and got married. So, you know, like true love can be found on the internet. Right, Kelly? And it's funny that you say that because, like, now I feel like it's the only place to meet. Yeah, where, like, when you now say, like, I met somebody in the wild, it's like, wait, time out. How? How? Like, did you just, like, say hello? Like, how did that work? Did you text him across the bar? Like, how did you meet someone without a phone? Oh, my God. (laughs) Literally. Um, And then, did you want me to circle back with part two? Give me part two. What'd you, of other people? 
Okay. Yeah. This is wait, like- wait, I have a quick question, Ashley. Are you, are you current? Well, you're currently dating, right? It's like, dating. Yes, I am. Um, are you, are you meeting most people on apps or how, how are you meeting people? Good question. Um, great question. I'm not. So <laughs> Easy answer. Um, no, I am on where am I on? I'm I'm everywhere. I'm on <laughs> Hinge, I'm on Bumble, I'm on Tinder. Um, I'm not really using the apps to be honest. Um, they're there. I have active profiles. Mm-hmm. Um I am hoping to meet somebody in the wild, but I'm also keeping like those avenues open. Um, I'll peruse them occasionally. Usually just when I'm ovulating and feeling frisky. (laughs) Okay. That's probably like the only time I'm really on them. So if I match with you, then that's a sign. All systems go, fellas. Like you want to match with me. Make make a baby? I don't know. I don't know, Ashley. (laughs) Just feeling myself, you know? Um, But Kelly, to answer your question, yeah, I'm on the apps. um, Don't really use them, but have them available. Would love to meet somebody in the wild. So... You guys live in the Gold Coast. Look me up. <laughs> also, <laughs> it's hard to meet people. Okay. Oh, follow, yeah, follow-up question to that is, do you have friends? Because I remember when I was single, I would have friends that would try to, that would, like, match me with one of their single friends. But it was just because we're single, and it wasn't because we'd actually be the right, you know? Has this ever happened to you? I feel like that's what happened to me. Yeah, they're like, oh, my friend's it's- single, you're single, like, you would get, you would be great, but it's just because we're both single. <laughs> That's not helpful. Let's like throw all other discriminating factors of compatibility out the window, but you two are single, so you're going to kick it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Go ahead. It happened. Uh, no, I, I don't have that actually, probably because all of my friends are married um, and with kids, 2.5 kids, you know, living in a condo or the suburbs. Um, and it's just me on my own. Um, I have maybe a handful of single friends, but um, I think I, I don't have that. I, I would like to. Um, even some of like my good guy friends, they're like, like, we love you too much to set you up with, like, our friends, which I guess is kind of a compliment. Like, they're, they've got my back and they're watching out for me. <laughs> um, maybe. Um, but no, I don't have that. So I actually kind of wish I had that problem, but I, I don't know. It sounds like it could have been, like, a hit or miss when you mm-hmm. had those setups, potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was well, set up, actually, with with Justin by a friend. And she had set me up with someone previous to Justin. Obviously, it did not work out. So when she tried to set me up with Justin, my husband, I my first instinct was like, nah, I, I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> the last guy didn't work out. Like, no, thank you. Um, I'm And I'm glad that she was persistent and contrived situations wherein we would meet because uh, otherwise we never would have. It's meant to meant be. To be. Yeah. All right. Wait, let's talk about being ghosted quickly. So you wrote, Ashley, you wrote an open letter to a dude who ghosted you. And I think everyone ever has wanted to say what you said. Um, How'd you feel afterwards? And did you ever hear from him again? Um, uh, It felt good just to get it out. Um, Looking back, it was like even even reading it now when I have some some space and time from that situation, um, it's it's very emotional. There was a lot to process. Um, there was a lot to pick up the pieces on my own. Um, I never did 
hear back from him. Um, I'm hoping the universe cross our paths sometime um, where maybe I have a moment. Um, but also, like, I trust divine timing. And if it's just not meant to happen. Um, but, you know, the crazy part is I have a really good friend who is a very good detective. <laughs> so he doesn't know that I was able to do some recon on him. Um, so if y'all ever need somebody to do some uh, some detective work. Some sleuthing. Let me know, um, which I have to say, you know, not doing it in a crazy jilted way. Um, I think a lot of guys are, you know, quick to give that label, but it's also like you make us crazy. Just have an adult conversation. It is an asshole crazy cycle. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> So when she did all this detective work, um, it actually helped me kind of find my own closure because if, you know, he didn't have the common courtesy or the decency or just the general respect for another human being to have a very brief conversation with me, um, I needed to kind of find answers for my own just to kind of be able to put that, you know, move on from that chapter and season of my life. Um, so it felt great to get it out. I hope it brought some, just some comfort um, to people knowing that they're not alone. It's incredibly common, which is just, it shouldn't be. It's, that's upsetting to me. Um, and I, I never did hear back from him. So we'll, we'll see, maybe, maybe, you know, the article will end up in his DMs one day or something. I'm sure he has already seen it, honestly. Um, humans don't ghost each other. It's just not nice. It's not kind. It's bad karma. Just have a conversation. It's not going to work out. You'll be fine. I promise you. And actually, like, not to interrupt, Gina, sorry about that. Uh, totally fine. To piggyback off that, that was kind of what I was going to say in your part two of what I've learned from other people. Um, my initial reaction was they suck, but I didn't want to be so negative. <laughs> so I did want to say, though, that I think like what I've learned is that, you know, we all come from, and I guess this is kind of more alluding to like the the ghosting situation from summer um, for me, but even I've had micro moments in dating and being single, but we all come with baggage and we all have history and pasts, but we're also, I think we're so concerned with me, myself and I, and we, and I get it, like to some level, there has to be self-preservation, self-protection. Um, but I do think in this very digital remote world that we now live in, people forget that there is a real life human being human. on the end of that app and that phone or computer or however we date and communicate nowadays. Um, and people don't like to do hard things. We do hard things. We get up early, we go to the gym, we lift heavy things, we do, you know, challenging projects at work, client pitches, all the above. Um, but people would rather take the easy way out. And I I get it to some extent, but being an adult and honestly, just life is full of challenges and things that are hard and uncomfortable, but you have to just do it. And I, I will say that I have, to my knowledge, I've never ghosted anybody, um, but I've had to have conversations with people where it's like, you know, I it was great getting to know you for a date or two. I really don't want to pursue this further for X, Y, Z reasons in a very kind way. Um, and I've actually had people say to me, 
thank you for just letting me know and not ghosting me. Thank you for having the common courtesy, the decency, the respect. Um, I do appreciate that and like wish you the best of luck. I have never once had a negative response for just shooting it to somebody straight, being honest. So to answer your part two question of what I've learned from people, I think we can all afford, we can have candor, we can be open and honest, but with kindness, we can have kind with people. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like cutting someone free, um, you know, just so you don't have to deal with them. It's so that your time is free. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This podcast was brought to you by Puma Running. I'm running in the Puma Deviate Nitro 2 these days. And thank you for asking. Yes, my new shoes do help me run faster. There's something special in the foam. I would call it magic, but I feel like I'll get in trouble with the hashtag lawyers. Either way, the Deviate Nitro 2 features a full-length layer of premium Nitro Elite foam at the midsole for supreme cushioning and peak propulsion. You heard me, propulsion. This running shoe gives your stride the perfect rock powered by the innovative platform design, which acts as a lever, or a lever if you're an American, for maximum energy transfer at toe-off. Learn more about this must-have for running season at asweatlife.com backslash Puma. That's A-S-W- E-A-T-L-I-F-E dot com backslash P-U-M-A. Let's take a hard left turn, my friends. Let's talk about self-pleasure for a second. You covered female masturbation, which we are obviously in support of. Do you think this topic is still taboo, Ashley, and why? Okay, so... I did a little bit of research around this um, just to have some like some stats and some numbers to support what I'm going to say here. Um, I think I think it can go either way, honestly. I think it really depends on a few factors, mainly your age, the generation you fall in. Um, and then, of course, just, you know, how you feel about sex in general. You know, if you think about us three in particular, I think we fall into millennials. So our parents are baby boomers. So they grew up in the generation where they're watching syndicated programs where the husband and wife are sleeping (laughs) in the same room, but in separate beds. So that's kind of what we had. I'm not saying that's what we had, but like, that's kind of where that trickles down to some of the millennials, maybe the earlier millennials, um, where you have like the later millennials, where I think they're kind of more along the lines with the next generation, Gen Z, that the stigma surrounding sex is starting to be reduced among a portion of millennials and Gen Z because they're more open to exploring new things um, just to enhance and elevate their sexual experience. So to answer your question, I think depending on those factors, I think it still can be taboo, but I do think it's starting to make a shift. Um, We're talking things, we're talking about things more like monthly cycles, pregnancy journeys that also involve miscarriages. These things were very taboo that you don't talk about. Um, But not to reference the song, let's talk about sex, Mm -hmm. but it's part of life. You know, we talk yeah, we talk about such pleasurable experiences. We talk about food and travel and other life experiences that give us pleasure. And sex is a very innate, natural part of life. And it's incredibly, well, hopefully it's pleasurable for you. Um, <laughs> so why aren't we talking about it? You know, we should be talking about it more. So I think it could kind of go either way. I'm I'm happy to see that it's kind of shifting, I think. Kelly, what do you think? Taboo <laughs> or No. 
Uh, I think... Did Kelly freeze? Oh. Oh, am I frozen? Hello? Hello? I'm frozen. Oh, no, you're good now. Oh. You're back now. Hello? You're back. <laughs> no, you're back. You're back. You're back. I was like, uh. Um, no, I would agree with Ashley. I think it's We'll just still... cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> am I still frozen? <laughs> am I back or no? You're no. not frozen anymore. You're oh, a little okay. you're a little laggy, but that's okay. Mm, Hold on one okay. second. We'll we'll try something here. I put you in. I put us all in low data mode. There you go. Oh, okay. I just, we just won't be able to see each other, and that's okay. 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 Um, but you can hear me. Okay. okay. I'm going to ask the question over again, and then we'll cut all of this out. What about you, Kelly? Do you? Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask it again here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Do you think it's still taboo? I I would agree with Ashley. I think there it it's definitely been taboo. It, there's been generations that you just don't talk about it. I think. Uh, with every generation, people seem to be more open to talk about sex and sexual pleasure. And, um, I, so I think there's, it's, it's a middle ground right now. What about you, Gina? Yeah, I think agree with everything that's been said. We had a vibrator on our gift guide a couple of years ago, and I remember People being like, wait, is this, is this a vibrator? <laughs> Having to explain that, yes, it was, in fact. Um, but I think everyone should own one. And I stand by that. Okay. Uh, upcoming. Oh, wait, I just, go ahead. Yeah. No, speaking of, like, vibrators and sex toys, um, just want to throw this out there that in 2021, sex toys were a $13 billion market in the U.S. God. And Within that segment, female sex toys held the largest market share and it's only continuing to expand. And that was like from women age 16 to 70. And it's, wow. you know, part of it too is also like single women are among the leading contributors contributors to that market growth. So just letting everybody know, like that $13 billion, you know, I'm not buying all that in sex toys. Like other people <laughs> Like, I can't afford that. So there might be like a share of it, but there's clearly like other people making purchases and women too. So um, just some empowering stats. If you feel like you're alone um, and feeling frisky, you're not. So <laughs> embrace that. I love that it even occurred to you to say like, I'm not buying all of that. Like, can you even picture what $13 billion of sex toys look like? <laughs> it looks like a fun time is what it looks like to me. <laughs> it's a warehouse. It's like a many, many square foot warehouse <laughs> Everybody <laughs> one for Christmas yeah yeah, yeah like literally everybody <laughs> all right uh Ashley you're continuing on your uh sexual health journey I am topics we have used slated to cover are a lot of them but um they include <laughs> the elusive g-spot what is it and how do you find it uh what else do you hope to cover or discover this year about sexual health um well okay there we do have some topics that I am writing about currently right now. I know we're recording this kind of like middle end of January. So by the time this drops, there might be some articles that have already launched on the website. Um, so 
I could talk about those or I could give you and Kelly a preview of some topics in my pitch list that have not preview preview all right and at now I don't necessarily know if these will get picked up Um, we'll see hopefully they are I mean listeners if you want to know more about these write in and let us know so I can cover them um I mean just a few that I have down the list is rather long for some reason (laughs) but um just some that I'm I kind of have right now. I mean, if we're talking about the G spot. I think we need to cover like clit one hundred and one. I think okay. we need to talk about mm-hmm. that for sure. Um, female ejaculation, also known as squirting, let's cover that. Let's talk about it. I also think it's important. You know, we spend so much time in the field of health and wellness covering um, what we're putting in our bodies, like our food, our beverage choices, even what we're putting on our bodies, lotion, bath and body products, even clothing choices. I think we need to start talking more about the quality of, you know, condoms, sex toys, you know, we're literally putting these things in our vaginas. So what, what are we putting in ourselves that could potentially like affect our health? So I think those are just some topics that they're on my pitch list. You ladies will definitely probably see those later on. I, I have plenty more, but that's just kind of a preview of what I'm canoodling with right now. Ooh, I love it. Um, maybe we'll see a list of natural lubes. We could have like a foray into Grace and Frankie land. Let's do it. I'm all for it. <laughs> love it. And now it's time for show and tell. Let's share a tip, a resource, or an article to help with sexual health. Ashley, do you want to go first or last? Um, I'll go last. Ooh, Kelly, do you want to go sec- first or second to last? Oh, I'll go first. Okay, Kelly, what's your what's your resource? My resource is the podcast Girls Gotta Eat. Um, they are, it's two ladies that talk about sexual health. They talk about relationships. They talk about dating. Uh, they talk a lot about dating, which is funny that I'm, I'm in a, I'm not dating, but I just love listening to their banter. Um, and I just think they have really great experts on. Two op- episodes I would recommend. One is with Vanessa Marin, who is a sex therapist. Um, I think she's great. And then another one with Mark Groves, who's from Create the Love. And he just talks like really great about communication and, and the skill of being in love and like how to use that skill. Um, so I would check out Girls Gotta Eat. Love it. Okay, mine. Um, so lots of people have recommended this book to me, um, but friend of a sweat life and friend of mine, Christiana Basso bought it for me. Come as you are the book. Uh, it's a lot about like sexual health and healing. So I think Christiana knowing me and my history uh, thought that the book would be a good addition to my own sexual health and wellness and openness. Come as you are the book. Many a therapist has recommended it. Ashley, what is your tip or resource? Okay, so this is the problem with going last. I thought I was being kind of like cavalier and being like, yeah, I'm going to go last. And Kelly said what I wanted to say. Um, well, but but I have some backup. Of course I do. Uh, <laughs> I Definitely, I would recommend checking out our arsenal of content on the website. Um, you know, shameless plug for some of the articles I've written, um, but it's good stuff, ladies. And so even if it's not mine, check out, you know, another platform or website, um, even podcasts like Girls Gotta Eat. But honestly, I think the biggest thing I want to share for my tip is going to be, you know, I challenge 
I challenge listeners and audience members to have a conversation with friends about, you know, topics like this. Um, if you need to just to normalize it some more. If you need kind of, um, you know, like a boost of confidence, listen to like Girls Gotta Eat. That's a great podcast. Um, And just to normalize these topics more, um, whether it's, you know, just how we have with like feminine health, I think sexual health, um, especially like pleasure, women, masturbation, I think that needs to be discussed more. And so, you know, like I said earlier, we're really quick to you know, send a text in our group chat of, hey, just went to this restaurant, had this dish, you've got to order it. Or I just went here, I've got travel tips to this location. Um, I want to normalize group texts where we're like, hey, I just got this vibrating dildo. It's amazing. <laughs> um, you guys, it's life changing. You need to check it out. And I, I would love for that to be like part of our normal everyday conversation where people are comfortable being like, amazing. Thank you. Mine just died. RIP. I'll look into that. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, this stuff is like too good not to share. So I would challenge everybody um, to have a conversation. And honestly, if you're afraid to be that first person in your text group, invite me to the text group and I will put <laughs> there to stir it up a bit. Um, I have no problem doing that. So just, just chat with somebody. Try and, you know, just normalize it a little bit more. It'd be like, hey, you guys, this is my friend Ashley. She's got a question for you. <laughs> and go, literally. I love it. All right. Um, that reminded me, honestly, of a dinner I had like a while ago of some friends I've known since like my 20s. Um, and people were like sharing very openly in this hush hush way of like, I thought I was the only one going through this. They were sharing about things like HPV and. Uh, and other like sexual wellness things that no, just nobody had talked about. And everybody was like, oh my God, me too. Or, oh my God, I went through that too. And it was very like, very interesting to have those conversations. Cause if you could talk, if you would allow yourself to talk about them in real time, you would feel a lot less alone. A hundred percent for sure. It's just like we said with even like the ghosting situation, like you get some comfort chatting with other people. And if if you feel like you're alone in any one of these topics, you're not because chances are if you're thinking it, someone else has thought it. And I've probably thought it a million times, which is why I'm writing about it now. Um, <laughs> so that's d- don't feel like you're alone. And um, I agree with that, Gina. So have a conversation with one of your friends and just, you know, have fun with it. It's it, sh- it should be fun. So yeah, it can be like that. Hey, you guys, is it okay if we talk about blah, blah, blah here. (laughs) All right. I was going to go off on a tangent, but I didn't do it. I was, I was really controlled. Okay. So let's close it off with something we're loving this week, falling under food, friendship, fitness, or fun. Those are the things we love here at A Sweat Life. Ashley, going last, bit you in the ass last time you want to go first. I'm going to, I mean, it's just kind of with guys. I don't learn from my mistake the first time. So I'll go last. last. (laughs) Okay. I'll go first. Kelly will go second. Uh, the thing that I am loving this week is Restore Hyper Wellness. It's one of our studios of the month. Um, at a spot like it is our recovery studio of the month. And I have been loving the sauna. But they also have like intermuscular shots and uh, IVs and red light therapy, all sorts of stuff. So I'm I am enjoying that. Kelly, what are you loving this week? The thing I'm loving this week and every week are my UFOs recovery sandals. I'm obsessed with them. I love putting them on. 
I wear them as like house slippers. Um, if you haven't checked out UFOs, check them out. They're amazing. Oh, everybody loves some UFOs. Okay, Ashley, you're last. You can do it. What are okay. you wearing this week? Um, I am, I'm kind of going to try and maybe see into the future because I know we're planning, <laughs> we're, we're recording this in advance. Um, so I know I could say something I'm loving right now currently in January, um, but I'm going to look ahead to February okay. and I'm thinking um, this might drop, but one of my guilty pleasures is a handful of Bravo shows, one of them being Summer House. Oh, yeah. And Summer House, the new, I think it's like season seven, drops on Monday, February 13th. And whenever this is launching um, for the community to listen to, hopefully it already has debuted and I'm loving it. And if not, I will be anxiously awaiting with bated breath um, season seven. So I, I'm guessing I'm going to be loving Summer House, the new season, by the time <laughs> this airs. So I'm going with Summer House. Oh, I like that for you. What's no. going to happen with Lindsay and Carl? Who knows? This <laughs> has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is a sweatlife.com production. Thanks to all of our listeners for liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, etc. wherever you get your podcast. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for audio editing, and thanks to Ryan Barayuga for video production. Thanks to Kelly and thanks to Ashley for joining me today. Obviously, Kelly's with me every week. Ashley is a guest and you can find out where to find her all over the internet in the show notes. Ashley, thank you. Thanks, ladies. This was fun.